only got two amens. We got to do a little bit better than that. Are we ready for the word of the Lord today? Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. And while you're standing, go ahead, turn to Psalm 133 in your Bibles. Psalm 133. This is uh, somewhat of a uh, small psalm, so we're going to just go ahead and read it in its entirety. And when you get there, you can say amen. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. For there the Lord commanded the blessing and life forever. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you, Lord, that heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will and have always and will forever stand the test of time. And so, Lord, our hearts are open, God. Holy Spirit, will you come and and will you come and quicken us? Will you come and speak to us? Holy Spirit, will you come in this moment and stir us, Lord, unto good works and bring us, Lord, together so that we can accomplish more for your glory? Father, we pray today that you would drop a word in our spirits that will forever change us, that will forever, Lord God, push us and catapult us into our destiny, our calling, the thing that you've called us to do. Father, as always, we'll be careful to give you the praise. And all God's people said amen. 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 You can be seated in the Lord's presence. We're kicking off a brand new series today, and it's entitled United We Stand. Very catchy for this time of year. And so we're going to talk today about unity. So the title of my message is One People. I want to begin this message by just giving God praise for this great nation that we are a part of. Can we give God a praise clap for the United States of America? You know, in spite of all of her flaws, and she has many flaws, she is a great nation. And what made our nation great in the beginning was their sense of unity and shared values. For those who know a little bit of history, there was about 13 colonies that came together to help form this great nation called the United States of America. In our country, we value freedom, we value independence, and we believe that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were gifts that were granted by God. If you go back and you scale the history of our founding, you will discover that many of our founding fathers often talked about the Bible, that many of them understood that in order for a nation to be a great nation, it must turn to God. And so our nation 
is the most blessed nation on the planet. You know, that's not to say that it is a perfect nation. Obviously, we had uh, slavery and the old Jim Crow laws that really uh, even kind of stain us until this day. But in spite of all that, what we understand about America is that she was a nation that was founded upon the principles of unity. And so it was for the nation, even more so, it is for the church. And I believe it with all of my heart that what the devil feels, fears most is a unified church. I'm going to say that again. I believe with all of my heart that what the devil fears more than anything else is a unified church. Why do I say that? Because he works overtime to keep us divided. And some of us, as we, as we have been walking this thing, some of us have come out of environments where churches were, 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 were full of rebellion and, and they weren't walking together in unity and there was backbiting and people walking and stepping over top of each other and, and people competing. Everybody, you know what I'm talking about. Competing for positions and, and people can't even celebrate somebody else's success. How many know that when a church functions like that, it ain't no threat to the enemy? You understand that the enemy loves it when we are divided. He loves it. He works overtime. That's why the Bible says that you got to endeavor to keep the spirit of unity. Why? Because it is hard work. But the rewards are worth it. Everybody say it's worth it. Has anybody ever been to a, uh, anybody who ever played a musical instrument before? Anybody ever played a musical instrument? Um, nobody? Gosh, except for one? I, I see a couple. Okay, great. Well, I used to play, and believe it or not, I know I'm a big guy, but I used to play music. In fact, I went to college on a, somewhat of I'm a music scholarship, and uh, I just decided I didn't want to teach in music, so I kind of let it go. But, but I used to play in this thing called a symphonic band. And so oftentimes, if you ever go to a concert, what you would see is that when you first walk in, you ever heard like the band is warming up? And you ever notice that when, all, when they are all warming up, that, that it, it, it sounds like a hodgepodge of mess, you know, because you hear, and it, you know, and it just, it just sounds terrible. Now, why does it sound that way? Is because, watch this, they're not all playing from the same sheet of music. What is happening is they're just simply warming up and, and, and you know, and they're just kind of, and they're just kind of looking at, their own part. They're thinking about themselves at that moment. So, so they're not playing together. But how many know that when the lights come on and when the conductor stands in front of the band, how many know that everybody starts reading from the same sheet of music? And when everybody starts reading from the same sheet of music, how many know that it, 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 it's a magnificent sound? It's a beautiful sound. Why? Because they are together. How many know that we got too much of the church today that are reading from different sheets of music? That many of us, that, that we're all divided. We're making all kind of noises, but the noise ain't making a difference. It ain't helping nobody. How many know that when we're not walking together in unity, we are not helping nobody? Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Because you got to understand this, this principle, and I, and I want you to get this into your spirit, that, that, that in order for us to evangelize and win the world, we have to be on one accord. 
If nothing else, hear me, if nothing else resonates with you right now, I want you to hear this. That our disunity affects our ability to reach people for Jesus. So if I know that my disunity affects that, how many know that I need to do something so that I can get in line with what, God's, what, what God is doing? How many know that God has never, ever, and will never, ever work in mess? <laughs> y'all, y'all not listening to me this morning. Somebody, I got a couple people praying with me. How many know that, that, that God is a God of order? He's a God of order. And God is not going to anoint stuff where people are not walking together, where they are divided, watch this, in their hearts. Because how many know there's a fake humility to do? I'll talk about that in a moment. How many know we know how to fake it in church real good? Just You can have the look of unity and not be in unity. Are are you hearing what I'm saying? See, Ananias and Sapphira, they had the look, did they not? But in their heart, they were standing up in their pride. They weren't flowing with everybody else. And how many know that's the part of us that God sees? I need everybody looking up. Let's get off the cell phones. Come on. Come on. I need everybody looking up. Come on. Let's, let's, we got to believe God together. We got to, everybody say, come together. We got to be on one accord. Are you hearing me this morning? Now watch this. So let's look at in Mark chapter number three, a divided house. And here's what Jesus said in Mark chapter three, verse 22 and 27. I want you to go there real quick with me. Now watch this. Jesus said this, and the scribes, watch this church, came down from Jerusalem and said, he has Beelzebub. Now, I want you to understand something. So now they're accusing Jesus of having a devil. Oh, come on. Come on. How, how many know you way out there now? And by the, here's what they said. Watch this. By the ruler of demons, he cast out demons. So he called them to himself and said to them in parables, watch this. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, watch this, that kingdom cannot stand. Watch this. And if a house is divided against itself, watch this church, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his good unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. Now, let's 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 dig into this just a little bit. So here here are the the Pharisees. And you know how the Pharisees were. The Pharisees, were they were all about themselves. Come on, church. I mean, they always took the best seats in the house. Oh, they, they loved it when the folk came by and called on rabbi, rabbi. And, and so everything they did, and you know what their, their big problem with Jesus was? They were afraid that Jesus was going to take their place. See? And so what did they do? Man, Jesus was an enemy. He wasn't, and so they wasn't in sync with him. So here they are now accusing Jesus. They don't even recognize the power of God. They don't even recognize what's happening. So here they say to Jesus, they say, they said, well, you, you're casting out devils because, because you are one. And, and, and how many know, watch this. How many know that when you're not walking in sync with God, when you're walking in darkness or when you're walking in, not in, in unity, how many know that there's a certain darkness that will, that will blind you to be able to see what God is doing? Yeah. Oh, come on. Listen, listen. You can't, let me tell you something. When you're not walking in sync with God, are y'all hearing me? 
there's a certain blindness that'll come over your life and you'll say stupid stuff. This is why Jesus says, now watch what Jesus says. Jesus says, it's no way that Satan will cast out Satan. He says, this, basically he was saying, this is preposterous. Wow, Satan is not going to cast out Satan. And now understand something. How many know Satan has been good at what he's been doing? Yeah. Ah. Satan's been doing what he's been doing since the beginning of time. And how many of you know that Satan have had good success? Nations are against each other. Families are ripped apart. Marriages, people are confused. War all over the place. Uh, injury, hurt, harm, crime. How many know that they are all rooted from the enemy? Satan himself. And so watch this. In order for Satan to pull this off, Satan, how many know that Satan don't beat, Satan ain't fighting against himself? See, how many know that demons ain't going, demon ain't casting out demons because they want? See, Satan's goal is to control men through demons, not to free them from them. Are, are you hearing me? And so what Jesus was simply saying is, how can you say such a dumb thing? Now, I want you to think about it for a moment. How many know we think about, about Satan, he understands the power of unity. Now, y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. Unity can be used for good or evil. Obviously, we want to use it for good, right? Because how many know that one of the reasons why terrorists are successful is because they, are, they have come together on a common goal. Are y'all hearing me? Right? And they decide they're going to blow up some stuff. We all agree that we're going to blow up some stuff, and that's what they do. Criminal gangs come together, and to some extent, they have a level of success. Why? Because they, they come together and they plan together. They, now, now, they're using it for an evil purpose. I just want you to get this. But how many know that we, we want to do it for good? Because ultimately, evil is not going to win. Can you say amen to that? It's, evil is not going to win. Now, I want you to understand this thing. And so Satan, Satan even understands the power of unity. Watch this. You got to ask yourself, if Satan, which Jesus said, in other words, Jesus says, there's no way Satan's going to cast out Satan. Satan is, you know, because Satan's too smart to do that. How many know the, the enemy is too smart to be divided? Yeah. How many know Satan got demons? He got followers. And you need to understand that they, 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 that they are in order, that they are on one accord. Satan and his demons have, have put, placed themselves in a position, watch this, to demoralize and destroy the church. We understand that. And so, so Satan is too smart. You ought to think that the church ought to understand that unity is powerful. You can't move nothing unless we come together. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? The enemy understands this. Here's, why don't the church get it? The church is one of the few places that I know of that we love to shoot our wounded. We love to put our feet down on each other's throats. We love to talk about each other. We love to be in competition with one another. We fuss about each other. We talk about it. We don't even understand that that, that attitude won't get us nowhere. We can't move. We're stuck because God sees the heart. Let me say that again. God sees the heart. God not looking at what you do. He's looking at the spirit behind what you do. Are you still with me? Say amen. Now, as I said before, this principle of unity is powerful. Powerful. Look at this. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12, look at this. Verse 12. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Look at this church. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age. Look at this. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. See, principalities, now I can strip it down and give you all the Greek, Greek and all that, but I'm just, I'm just summarize it for you to save time. But principality, it, it simply means a state ruled by a prince. It suggests governmental order and rank. Now, I want you to understand, I want you to understand something. Because how many know that in order for us to combat Satan and what he's trying to do to us in the church, how many know that we need to get in order? Oh, come on, church. How, how many know because, how many know that Satan, how many know they got, look at this, rulers of darkness. That means rulers over territories. How many know that there are territories where demons are ruling? They're all over the place. Depending on where you go, there's a different feel for that place, for that, wherever you are. If you can go to certain parts of the country, how many know they're demonic strongholds because everybody's doing that, that kind of sin? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the rulers of darkness, why? And they are in heavenly places. In other words, they're in the highest of high places and they have influence. Why is it that the church don't understand that in order for us, to be able to move. How many know the Bible says greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world? Do you not know the devil ain't supposed to be whipping up on nobody? Oh, y'all, some of you. No, 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 no. The devil ain't supposed to be whipping up on you. He may attack you, but if he's whipping up on you, where have you opened the door and where have you given him place? Let me tell you something. If a burglar come knocking at my door and I know about it, he's going to get shot. Some of us let the burglar come right on in, do what you want to do. Come on, hang out out here. And then we say, Lord, I'm rebuking you. You can't rebuke if you're giving them place. You can rebuke all you want to. Your rebuking ain't going to work until you stop giving the devil. Are you hearing me? See, in the, in the church, listen, listen, we can't give the devil place. I hear people all the time, oh, I just rebuked the devil. Are you rebuking the devil and you letting him run rush out of your life? And then we're upset about it. And then we're getting mad. Why are we upset? You letting the enemy come in and do what he wants to do. Oh, y'all still with me this morning. All right, watch. See, Satan is unified to disorganize and destroy the church. We got to get unified with our God because that's the only way that we're going to overpower him. How many know that when you walk in anointing, when you walk in obedience to God, you're going to get victory? That's your victory. And watch this. When the church walk in unity, when we come together with one mind and one voice, and, and let me tell you something, the devil gets, he gets trouble with that because he knows that the people of God ever get a revelation of what they can do together. He knows that he won't stand a chance. And what does he do? He gets you ticked off about the most trivial, trivialest of matters. He gets you mad at folk all the time. And you're sitting in the same church, and there's some people in the church you can't even look at. Oh, God, I'm preaching better than you let know. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, you got people in the church you don't even like. And you come up to the same altar and pray to the same God and think that somehow the God is saying, oh, I'm a blessed. No, church, we got to be on one. Are y'all hearing me? Now watch, now watch this. So Jesus says that a house divided will not stand. Satan knows this. I mean, Satan knows. He knows. Satan knows. Man, a house divided ain't going to stand. He knows. 
How many know his house has been standing for a long time? Now, we know ultimately God's going to bring him down. But until that time, boy, I would say Satan, man, he's been doing a pretty good job. He understands this principle. A house divided cannot stand. But let, let me tell you something right now, church. And this is what Jesus said, because he wants us to get a message. He wants us to understand something here, that we must come together. God ain't anointing long-range Christian men to... Let me, let me put it this way. You ever heard of a long range, a long, a lone ranger Christian? You know, where they just kind of exist. They, I don't need the church. I, I don't need to come to church every Sunday. I don't need them people. Let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you something right now. First of all, you remember Moses when he was up on that mountain and he was in the face of God for all those days. Oh, I'm sure Moses was thinking, Lord, I, I, I want to stay up here with you. God, it's great looking. Oh, God, you're all, you know. And God said, Moses, Moses, you got to get down. Your people have corrupted themselves. You got to go down and deal with them people. How many of you know that we got to deal with one another? You got to get off your holy mountain with your sanctified praying self and love somebody right here. You got to know how to come down. Because God, listen, God has anointing you on high so that you can work in the valley. Are you hearing me? So that you can love in the valley. So watch this. So watch this. I want you. So watch this. He says, a house divided will not stand. Look at this. Now, the biggest threat against the church is not what Satan does to us, but what we do to ourselves. I, you know. I don't, wear, I don't spend a lot of time obsessing about the devil. You ever meet some Christian man, they're just obsessed about the devil. Because here's what I understand. If I walk under the shadow of the Almighty, God will protect me. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Why? Because I'm walking with him. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I ain't going to fear no evil because your rod and your staff are with me. Watch. A lot of times, church, let me tell you something. The biggest threat against us is us. The biggest threat. Because we don't understand. Because we are, listen to me, Satan has got us, oh gosh. Can I talk to you this morning? Satan has got us intoxicated with ourselves. But how many know that Jesus is, in verse 27, Jesus talks about the strong man. How many know that he's a strong man? The Bible says no one can enter a strong man's house. This is Jesus talking and plunder his goods unless he first bind the strong man. And then he plunders his house. But Jesus was making a point. I have come and I have overcome the enemy. How many know that Jesus has overcome the enemy? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the what? The world. Watch this, church. How many know the devil is defeated? Let me say that again. The devil is defeated. The Bible says he's mad about it, and he knows that his time, he already knows. Satan already knows he's defeated. The only people that ain't got the revelation is the church. We're still trying to figure it out. The devil, he knows his time is short. And Jesus, how many know, Jesus cast out demons. Watch this. How many know that when, when Jesus was casting out demons, Jesus wasn't, look, he, he ain't, he, a demon don't cast out demons. But the fact, Jesus said this, the fact that I cast out the demons shows that the power of God is among you. How many know he's destroyed the enemy? Can I say this to you? You don't need to fear Satan. 
You don't need to walk around. Listen to me. Pray, look, you, it's, I, I get rebuking the devil. You got to do that. But look, look. But while you're rebuking, can you make sure that you're not giving place on the backside? Can you at least do that? And then start your rebuke. Because, and I'm being serious because, because, because our words will mean nothing. It, 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 they're just words. They're sanctified words that we say in church all the time. Now, let me, let me, let me keep going. Y'all, let, me, let me keep going. Watch this. Then watch this. Now, this is going to be deep, so I want you to stay with me. Y'all ready for this? All right. What is the biggest threat to unity? What is the biggest threat to unity? We already know that a house divided cannot stand. How many know that as Foundation Church, if we are divided in our mind, first of all, in our heart and our actions, we can't stand. Are you hearing me? You can look like you're a church. You can have church, but it don't mean you're doing anything. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A house divided. How many know God's word will not return void? A house divided, Jesus said, a house divided will not stand. Now watch this. The biggest threat to unity, hear this, is selfishness. Now some of you don't believe that yet, but I'm going to show you here in a moment. The biggest threat to unity is selfishness. Selfishness. It's about me. It's what I want. And I'll do whatever I got to do to get what I want. If I don't get it from here, I'll go so I'll get what I want. Ask about how many know we need more people thinking a little bit differently. Now watch. Let me, let me prove this to you from the scripture. Look at Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. Because some of you, you're not really sure. I'm going to show you that the I, everybody say the I spirit. The I spirit is demonic. It has demonic roots. That's all I want you to understand. I'm going to show you what that means here in a moment. Are you in Isaiah chapter 14? Amen. Come on. Are you, come on, church. We're here to grow this morning. Am I right about it? Come on. Watch this. It says, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of morning. Well, look at this, church. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. How many know that Satan has weakened the nations? Now watch this. Now I want you to look at this. For you have said in your heart, verse 13. Now I want you to count how many times you see the word I. Watch this. I will ascend into heaven. This is what Satan says. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation of the further sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Do you guys see that there is no care for nobody else? Satan, listen, Satan, listen, Satan's attitude is I'm going to get what's mine and I don't care who I have to step on to get it. I don't care about nobody else. Listen to me. It was all about me. Well, I was called. I'm supposed to do this. Oh, what about me? You didn't pat me on the back. What about me? I did this. I, 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 I. See what it came from? My wife called it the other day. She called it I worship. You know what I worship is? You're thinking about yourself a little bit too much. It's all about you. Now, now understand something. We have to have a healthy perspective. I mean, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this obsession that we have at the church where we're just driven by selfishness. We're not really thinking about how my actions is going to affect somebody else. Oh, y'all not listening. All right, watch it. See, for an example, let me give you this example. 
There are people that come in here. I'm just using praise team, for example. There are people that come here and they practice. They rehearse. Say amen. They come here and they practice on Fridays. Some of them have a drive a long ways to get here. And some of our attitudes, and watch this. No, no, can I be honest? Some of our attitudes, I'll get there when I get there. Because you don't really think about how that you're not being there at 1030 affects them because, hey, it, that, that's on them. I'm coming to get me. How many know that a lot of people coming to church, they're just coming to get there. They don't care about how their actions affect somebody else. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So people out here sweating, working, and you know, I just come, I come because I'm free. You are free with no knowledge, and you ain't really free until you get under what God said. Your freedom is stained. Because you misappropriated with freedom. Freedom means that you don't get to do what you want. Freedom means I'm doing what God wants. That's what brings bring, makes me free. Oh, I got it. I'm, I'm trying to. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? See, Satan was all about watch. It was, it, it was, Satan was, his spirit was, it's about me. I want this. I. How many know that you can go to about any church and there are a whole lot of people running around? I. I, and their whole life is I, I. And when God, how many know that God don't think that way? How many of you want the mind of Christ? We're going to show you that in a moment. How many know that, that Jesus always, 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 always was thinking about you and not himself? You see, your way to blessing is sacrifice. <laughs> oh, that's a little bit too deep for some of you. Y'all don't want to hear that. If you really want to be happy, make somebody else happy. <laughs> boy, this is a hard, boy, some of you are struggling with this. You see, if you really, see, see, if you really, really want the favor of God, see, the reason why God could trust Moses, and God says, the Bible said that God said when he talked to Moses, he talked to Moses face to face. Because you remember that one time when Moses had a chance and God said, Moses, I'm going I'm to I'm wipe all of them out and I'm going I'm to I'm kill them all and make a great nation of you, Moses. And what did Moses do? Some of us would have been saying, oh, yeah, God, thank you. Make a great nation out of me. No, Moses, Moses said, no, 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 no. He prayed. He said, God, don't hurt them people. Don't do it, God. God knew that Moses had a heart for his people. And, Mo, and that's why God could trust them. That's why God could deposit stuff into them because he knew. And that's one of the only time in the Bible where you read where it says God repented of what he thought he was going to do. And what he intended to do before. Why? Because Moses interceded and prayed for the people because he had the right heart. Now let's keep going. Now watch this. So this eye spirit. So look at James. James chapter 3 verses 14 and 17. Look at this. If you have bitter envy... Talking about unity, if you have bitter envy, if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, look at this, church. Do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom, look at this, church. It is. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and what? Demonic. See, the biggest threat to unity is selfishness. And selfishness comes from the spirit of Satan. You know, Satan was in heaven. You know, we read in scripture that Satan, we believe, many, many theologians believe that Satan held a position sort of like a worship leader in heaven. But then because of his pride, he thought he was better than everybody else because he became self-absorbed. The Bible said he was kicked out of heaven. And what is he doing now? He wants he's coming down on earth, man. And, and, and he wants that spirit, man, that could come on us, man. 
where we're just, how many know, how many know you're not an island into yourself? God, listen, God has blessed the concept of body. Everybody say body. The anointing is in the body. The anointing is in the body. When you hear, let me tell you something, when you hear a Christian who speak against the church, who don't want nothing to do with the church, who, oh, oh, a bunch of hypocrites in the church, so what? I mean, they're all over the place, but they don't stop you from going. I mean, y'all hear what I'm saying? But when you hear somebody who, who got a lot of Bible knowledge, but they're slandering in the church, I'm telling you, they're not walking with God. Because Jesus says, he says, if you don't love your brother who you see every day, he said, you don't even love me. He don't even talk to me. You got to go talk to your brother. You got to go deal with the people that you don't like. I don't want I don't like them people. Well, you figure it out. Ask God to give you grace to love. You ask him to give you grace for everything else. Ask him for grace to love the hard people. Particularly those who are in the house of God. Are y'all hearing this, church? See, how many know that, how many just watch the NBA Finals? Anybody watch the NBA Finals? Right, I'm a sports guy. I love sports. All right. So watch it. On a team, not everybody can be a star. I'm right about it. Now, look, somebody got to play defense. Uh, some of you, uh, my brother, brother over here, he, he's from Detroit. But, you know, back in the day, they used to have the old Detroit Pistons. And... Um, they had a guy, a player by the name of Dennis Rodman. Y'all remember Dennis Rodman? Dennis Rodman could never shoot basketball. Never could shoot. But boy, he could play some defense. He had some hops. He knew how to stop the other people from, he knew how to stop the other players from scoring. But, but, but how many know that playing defense ain't the most pretty part? Oh, you know, we like the Steph Carries, right? We like the LeBron James. But how many know that not everybody can be a LeBron James? Not everybody can be Steph Curry. Not everybody can be a Tony Romo. I said it. I said it. Not everybody can be a Bryce Harper. Not everybody can be a Tom Brady. How many know somebody got to block? Amen? Somebody got to do. Somebody got to be the kicker. They may not be the glorious part, but, but, but how many know in order for that team to succeed, how many know that every gotta, everybody got to play their part? And, and listen to me. When, 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 the, when the Cleveland Cavaliers came together, they had some big names. Kevin Love, I'm just give you, I'm going to educate some of you just for a moment. Kevin Love came from, I believe, the Minnesota Timberwolves. And he was a star over there. He was a key player. So he comes over to Cleveland. Uh, Kyrie Irving, he's just about as good as any guard in the NBA. And, and LeBron James, obviously, you know who he is. So all of them come together, right? And, and they formulate this team. And here's what LeBron James said. I don't even know LeBron James was trying to be spiritual. But I want you to hear this. LeBron James said, I told the guys to be a star in your role. Be a star in your role. So how many know that we got too many Christians trying to be stars and stuff they ain't been called to? All right, all right, watch it. All right, watch it. All right, so watch this. So what? See, when I, when I, when I was a young kid, I used to love, man, I used to think I was going to be a basketball. I knew I was going to be the next Dr. J. You couldn't tell me. Some of you don't know who Dr. J is. Dr. J was before Michael Jordan. And, and I would get in that playground, man, brother, and I would dream about being Dr. J. I remember just doing my little layups and, you know, all the posing. and I was going to be the next Dr. J in my mind. But there was a problem. <laughs> I wanted to be Dr. J in my mind, but here it is. 
I didn't have the gifting to be Dr. J. You follow what I'm saying? See, there's a lot of Christians have been dreaming about positions that they're not called to. I mean, one of the, one of the things, you know, cause some, well, somebody told me, or maybe it looked good, or, or maybe, you know, or whatever the case. But, but, you know, a lot of times, you know, the Bible says, the Bible says your gift will make room for you. Your gift. Everybody say gift. What are you gifted to do? And so we got a lot of people in the body. You go to some of the churches, man, they got 15, 20 ministers on. They say, you ever been to those churches? I'm just, I ain't knocking. I ain't knocking. But, but, you know, probably half of them, they came preach their way out of a paper bag. But, but they saw somebody else up there, so that means I'm, I'm anointed. And then what do you have? All this flesh, people competing against each other. Don't understand. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. If somebody else succeed, it's my success. Brother, if you do well, I do well. When she comes up and she sang well, I look good. When, when they ushered well, how many know all of us look good? How many know if the usher don't usher well, they can make everybody look bad? Uh, Y'all not listening to me. How many know that we need everybody playing their part? Be a star in your role. And there's no competition here. If some of you right now, you're sitting here, you're unhappy because you've been consumed with yourself and you need to get delivered from yourself. How many know that Jesus, look, look at Philippians chapter 2. Y'all look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 8. Look at this. How many know that Jesus was the perfect example of unselfishness? Now, I love this verse. This is one of the verses that, that, that is so meaty. Because one of the things I'm always saying is, Lord, I want to be like you. Lord, Lord, help me. God, God, change my heart. Anybody ever pray that, Lord? I just changed me. God. And so when I read this verse, it tells me a little bit of something about the mind of Christ. And how many know we want his mind? He says, now, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. There it is. So watch this. Not how many know that, that, that you can do something and then not be a part of who you are? I'm not talking about that. How many know that Jesus was really humble? Jesus, he didn't project an image of humility. It came from within his soul. Let this, let, watch this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God. Watch this, church. But made himself of no reputation. Taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, look at that. God has highly exalted him. How many of you want to be exalted? I'm going to say it right now. I want to be exalted in the kingdom. I want to go as far as I can. But how many know you got to do it the right way? See, watch this. See, exaltation comes from a mindset of serving. Now, watch this. Church, we're not going to get in unity until we get a servant mentality. We're, we're not. We're just kidding ourselves. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Jesus, watch this. Watch this. Jesus made himself of no reputation. Now, he got a reputation because of who he was. But he didn't go make himself a reputation. He wasn't going around saying, I'm the son of God. You better bow down. Or whatever. You know. He didn't do that. I mean, what did Jesus do? 
He was just the opposite of Satan. Satan says, I'm going to be up on the sides of the north. I'm going to ascend above the throne of God. What Jesus said, Jesus took on the form of a servant. Ain't that amazing? You see the contrast. Everybody say servants are the greatest. Say it again. Servants are the greatest. I heard this priest a few weeks ago, last week at at an ordination service I went to. And the person that serves the most, they're the greatest. Not the one who got the titles. If you need a title to get, listen, don't, don't get me started on titles. But let me just say this. That's a whole nother sermon. Lord, help me. Servants are the greatest. If we're going to be a church that walk in unity together, we got to start thinking about how can I help my brother and my sister? How can I help them get better? Is there anybody in here afraid of somebody exceeding beyond you? Let that be, if, if that, if that bot, if you're sitting here with a little bit of jealousy and envy in your heart, that's a check. That's a check. Because in the body, ain't no competition. If you got a gift, how many know your gift will make room for you? Use your gift. Don't ask for a title first. Just serve in your gift. And the title will follow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus took on the form of a servant. And which brings us to this verse. And Psalm 133 says, watch this. Gosh, I got so much. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard. Let me tell you something. How many know that the spirit of unity flows? This is a picture of the spirit of unity flowing downward. You know, when all of us are in unity together, can, can, I, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I bring it home for us? Can I bring it home? See, as people who are around me, we, we have, we're developing, we're still developing our leadership st- structure in our church. But let me tell you something. When the leaders, if you've got a, a leadership position in this church in any, in any capacity, if, you are, if we are flowing together in unity and the way that we interact with one another and how we process and think about ministry, how, much, how many of you know that affects everything else? It flows down. You know what else flows down? Disunity. How many know disunity flows down too? But watch this. But when all of us are unified, at the top, and we, we send this spirit to the whole church, how many know that unity will keep us together even in difficult times? Let me, you know, let me give you an example. Somebody in the room will know what I'm talking about. So some years ago, I was part of a church, and we started this building campaign. And, uh, and we, we, we had house meetings, and many of us had given money, and the name of the campaign was called Arise and Build. So, man, we're all excited. We're going to build. So we purchased this property on Pleasant Valley Road in Chantilly. So everybody's excited, you know. And all of a sudden what happened was that inflation was rising higher than we was getting the money to to, to try to pay for it. So eventually we didn't do it. We couldn't do it for whatever. There was a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons was that, that, that the church was growing and it just wasn't going to work. And But here's the problem, though. There were a lot of people that had put in time and energy and hope and believing. And you know what? And I remember that the pastor stood up one Sunday and he said, 
He said, he said, okay, here's the situation. He explained to everybody. I'll never forget it. And he says, now, if, 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 y'all don't, if some of y'all don't like, like what happened, you don't feel like you can follow my leadership anymore, he said, I understand. He said, but, but this is what we're doing. You know, what we had planned to do over here is not going to work for us. And you know what I heard at the end of that service? I didn't hear, I didn't hear people come together in a coup and say, you know what? Man, we, we're out of here. We're dumb. This guy, he, he, he didn't hear. For, you know what they did? They all said, we're going to go to the next one. Keep, we're going we're gonna to stay together. And let me say today, at that time, they were running four, 500 people, maybe six on a good day. Today, they're running over 3,000 people, and they have a huge facility. Come on, give Jesus praise. Now, watch. Now, what, what am I saying? They stay together. See, your leaders ain't perfect. The people that you work with ain't perfect. Don't, why do you come to church and think you're going to find perfection here? Some of us walk in the church and we think we ought to find perfection here. We don't see it all there, but we come in here. Oh, listen, people are broke and they are trying to get right. The fact that they're in the house means that they're trying to hear from God. So listen to me. So amid all of that, we still got to stay together. As your pastor, I'm not going to make all the right decisions. But it doesn't do you, it doesn't do the church any good if you want to put on blast every wrong decision I've made. You need to come in unity with me and agree with me and say, God, help us all because we're in this thing together. We're in it together. And unity will keep us. We got, listen, we got to have unity. We got to be able to understand that there are going to be people, that God's going to move, there's going to be some shifting. God's going to, God's going to do, God's going to get Stafford. The question is, are we going to join the party? Are we going to join the party? Having attitudes, having attitudes that are contradictory, Speaking privately in your chamber where you ain't with your other, talking about your other brothers and sisters. How many know it affects your anointing? God, listen to me, God knows hypocrisy. I'm just, I'm being, can I be honest with you? Check your mouth, not just in here, but check it when you're not here. He's Lord over your mouth when you're here and he's Lord when you're at home talking to your spouse. So if we want true unity, how I many know we got, we got to be honest with each other? Because that's what God sees. Backbiting, talking against each other, all of this. You know what? Hey, all of us are trying to figure it out together. We all are trying to figure it out. Nobody in here perfect. I know some of us in here, you may be a couple steps beyond somebody else, but you still messed up too. I bet I can, you, you, you pull back, the, I bet you got some skeletons in your closet too. Nobody sitting up here, you, know, you, ain't, you ain't all of that. Any good in you, God did it. Give God the glory. Give him the praise. But don't you brag. And you celebrate. We celebrate what God is doing here. We stay together. No matter how hard it gets, we're going to fight it together. We're going to fight together. Why? Let me tell you why. Because it says in Psalm 123, for there the Lord commended. Y'all not listen to this. There, the Lord commanded the blessing. Unity, not perfection. 
And listen, if our heart is in the right place, even if you make the wrong decision, God will still bless you because you got a unified heart. You're in sync with what God is doing. How many of you have made some dumb decisions? Come on. And God still bless you anyway. Come on. Come on. How many of you done some dumb stuff and God still kept you? Oh, gosh. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. So here's the key. Here's the thing. Here's what I, here's what I know. Here's what I know. And, and I'm finishing. Here's what I know. I know that how many of you want the blessing of God for your church and for your life? You know, when I say the blessing of God for the church, you know, the church is made up of who? Us, people. So when the church is blessed, who else is blessed? You. We're talking about you. How much, look, listen, how many of you want the blessing of God in your life? We want our church to be blessed. I want you to come into How many know that unity is an attractive force? Am I right about it? Unity is attractive. And so watch this. We got to do whatever we got to do to get it and keep it. And we got it. We talked about it in Bible study. Some of y'all been missing Bible study on Wednesday. I, listen, I'm just saying, it's been some of the best discussions we've ever had. In Bible. I'm just saying, man, we, am I right about it? I mean, we, we've been having some, God's been taking us deep. But we were talking a little bit about this on, on Wednesday. But it's something about what God is doing right now is God is bringing us together and positioning us for blessing. Jesus said this in John 17, and I'm closing, and we're going to get ready for communion. John 17, Jesus said this. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you. Now watch this, church. You read that verse, it is as if Jesus knew that our greatest challenge would be our ability to be one. Think about it right now. We got to be one. Our biggest challenge. We all got to start thinking right now. Here's what we got to start thinking. We got to start thinking about the church, thinking about one another. Don't just make decisions anymore in a vacuum. Thank God, what are you doing? Because I can tell you right now, God's anointing is over his people when his people come together. I said at the beginning of this message, there's a certain anointing that can only come to you when you come together with the people of God. That's why you ought to be with the people of God as much as you can. Because when you're not with the people of God, you're missing something. I'm telling you, you're missing a big part of your growth. You're missing something. Brother Edwin said to me this morning, he said, I didn't come to church last Sunday. He said, I felt like I hadn't been here in a month. How many know we need one another? We need one another. And we got to come together and believe God. So let's honor Jesus by walking together in unity. Our oneness positioned us to win the world for Jesus. Let's pray.